What up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of the uh, the podcast. We're we're broadcasting from Ray's place. A Aaron, no idea, joining me here this morning or afternoon. Whatever. Afternoon, man. Afternoon, man. But I'll, I'll, go. I'll, I'll tell you one thing though. I was at Ray's place a lot in the mornings. Yeah. In college. Yeah. <laughs> Did you go to college here? Oh yeah. Yeah. This is Ray's place is one of the reasons I was in college for six years. <laughs> That's just one? <laughs> yeah. I don't know I don't know how many times I did the walk of shame, like on a Friday morning or a Saturday morning or even on a Sunday morning to come down and get my uh, debit card because yeah. I left it here. <laughs> I love Ray's Plays. Well, I wanted to do a, a uh, kind of like a hunting theme podcast here, and I was trying to think of a place to do it around here, and I'm like, well, when I think of like hunting, I don't know if it was like this for you, but I would imagine like older... Small town kind of feel bar, homey yep. town bar. Ray's got deer antlers hanging up behind the bar too. And yep. I think I think you could take this bar and set it in any small town uh, north of Highway Eight, and it would fit in just fine. Exactly, home cooked food too yep. with the stew. And yep. In fact, and before that, so. I'm heading to deer camp tomorrow, and so I think when we're done here, I'm going to pick up uh, some of their horseradish yeah. for our roast beefs nice. next week. Yeah, nice. So. Uh, well, appreciate you uh, kind of adjusting your schedule because usually you come in in the mornings on Mondays. So appreciate you adjust because it's a Wednesday uh, that we're doing this here. Actually, get to have a couple cold ones while we do this too. So absolutely. How about that? So are you ready for the opener? I you, am. You, you I get am. excited for this? Or? We do. Yeah, we do. I the opener is my favorite. It's it's still my favorite even though I've taken up bow hunting. Yeah. That's right. I remember yep. a couple years ago we kind of talked about that. Yeah. But yeah. when it's kind of newish for you, right? A yep. little bit? Five years I've been bow yeah. hunting. Five, six years. But now, I mean, uh, I was born and raised gun deer season mm-hmm. from coming down here to Eau Claire <clears throat> to hunt with my uncle and my dad at the family farm at that time to hunting up around the Bruce uh, area, the excellent area as well. So, I mean, this is, you could say, I yeah. This is this is the time of year. I absolutely right. love it. So yeah, uh, my son and I, uh, we're heading out tomorrow. We actually started packing. We started packing last week already. Nice. Yep. So you're going up a couple days early just yeah. to get everything rounded I, up and I set convinced up. The, yeah, I convinced yeah. the wife. Convinced nice. the wife to uh, pull the kids out of school, and so we're gonna head up tomorrow already. Nice. So, yeah, and we, you know, now we we finally bought a hunting cabin um, up north. And it's on public land. Okay. And so we want to get up there tomorrow so that we can stake out our claim, yep. set up some blinds, set up some tree, tree stands, and yep. then uh, go from there so that we can claim our little spots. Nice. So, so this is something different, I don't know, if around here, but when I was a kid growing up, so I don't know if it was like you, in Metford, where I grew up, they had school the following week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Yep. But it was, if you wanted to go for, for deer hunting... They would allow you to miss those days prearranged as long as you got your work done. Yes. Only time of year that they... I don't even know if any schools do that anymore, to be honest yeah. with you. Uh, once in a while, I was able to do it. Otherwise, if you were in sports, you still had practice that week, so you were stuck going yeah. to school. But yeah. there was a couple times I was able to do that. So I, when I always think about that, I was like, oh, God, like this week was like just hell because yeah. you're trying to get all your work in and some teachers they were nice about it you yeah. know not trying to do too much then you'd have like the couple that would just like well you got to do this paper and you got to do that if you want to take off and all that yeah. sort of stuff but so so in bruce in bruce the tradition was always you had the whole week off for thanksgiving mm-hmm. uh and a lot of the towns up by us 
and had the whole week off. I think there was one year that we went Monday, Tuesday, and it was a complete poop show. Yeah. You know, kids had to turn in their homeworks, and I think they did yep. that only one year, and that was it. They went back to the full week off. And I remember uh, high school basketball practice, everything was scheduled around the deer season. Really? So, you know, John yeah. Carr would always have, uh, Coach Carr would always have hunting practice, or uh, excuse me, basketball practice sometime like at 6, 7 o'clock at night so everybody could come back from their cabins and stuff, and, yep. and we could practice and all that. So, yep. yeah. Definitely. I mean, everything in Bruce, everything shut down except for the bars <laughs> and the grocery store. Yep. And that was it. That's one thing I do miss, too. And, and I get it. It's easier. It's more convenient. But I miss, like, driving through town again yep. after, you know, the night day's over with and just seeing all the deer in the back of a truck. Yep. And, yep. you know, sit, I was... I, I, I know I was, but I never took advantage of, like, just hitting, sitting at the bar and, you know, having a couple cold ones afterwards. Yeah. But I remember as a kid. You know, riding in the passenger seat and seeing all these big ones in the back of the truck. Yeah. And I always got a kick out of that. Yeah. And then you'd go into the bowling alley and register and hear all the stories yeah. that yeah. went on with that. Ba- back in the day where, where, by law, you had to have, if you're transporting your deer in a truck, you had to have the tailgate yeah. down, you yep. know, and all that good stuff. And so you could see all the, the, the deer that were harvested. But then we would always, you know, we'd get home, we'd drive down to Express Mart, which was the gas station on the corner of Highway 40 and 8 right there in Bruce. And we just, we would literally park our car and hang out there for a couple hours just watching car after car come in to register their deer yeah and then you'd you'd talk to them you'd uh you would ask them how how the hunt went and they would tell you the story of how they got the deer it was yep. just so fun and the, yeah. the community the hunting community yeah yeah it was and i remember hearing stories like even way back in the day like there'd be certain places like bars that would have these big antlers behind the bar yep. and somebody would have like a small one in so they would just tie the antlers to this deer yep and these people would be coming and you see that huge one out there and you know it's like caribou antlers or elk yeah. antlers tied to it but they don't know the difference of that yeah and i feel like that part's it's gone you know you don't yeah, see it that is. too often it is now now with everything that you know you register your you crap dude you buy your license on uh, with your phone yep uh you register your deer with your phone yep. um you don't need to yeah you go from the woods to your cabin or woods to your home and yep and you know and i don't i don't know i love going out to the bars um we're up where we're at. There's a couple bars that we like to frequent, but at the you know at the same time, it's it's fun to go back to our hunting cabin and right. drink our own beer and yep. and you know shoot the breeze or, around deer camp. Yeah, there's definitely positives to, to yeah. both sides, right? Yeah. So, so do you have any traditions with uh, with yeah. your deer camp and that? Like, well, our traditions have, have kind of shifted over the years. Before opening deer season, um, our house would be taken over by guys dad and his boys and then uh and then eventually some friends that would come and hunt too mm-hmm. and mom would go come down here to eau claire and she would do the shopping with her sisters and all that good stuff well now that we bought our own place um now it's turned into a huge family tradition yeah. so everybody goes up my brother his two girls my three kids uh this year my wife's actually coming for the weekend my mom and my dad really so it's a whole family thing my mom becomes the camp cook yeah which is amazing <laughs> um and uh it's just and right now we still have four hunters next year our two daughters my son my my niece and my my daughter will probably hunt next year okay um but everybody still goes out and um so we'll get up there friday 
We'll do steaks on the grill. That's the tradition. And then we'll watch uh, Escanaba in the Moonlight. Nice. Yeah. Yep. We got So my brother will hook up his phone and we'll watch that on the TV and um, maybe take some shots of fireballish yep. <laughs> and stuff like that. And, you know, just just have fun and just yep. and just uh, hang out and uh, talk about bow hunting stories and all that good stuff. And then yeah, Saturday morning we we hit the ground running. It's so fun. Yeah. And we'll, do you sit out all day then, or ah, do you come not really? In? I yeah. I don't have the attention span to sit that long. Yeah. Although this year I think. Let's see here. They're projecting 48 for a high and then 50 for the high on Sunday. I'll be able to sit a lot longer. Yep. But, you know, um, our kids will go sit with us uh, for a couple hours, and we'll get down, and we'll go in, and mm-hmm. then I'll go out and start walking and just hanging out. But, right. you know, by by Sunday afternoon, you know, we're doing some mini drives, some small drives, and just right. kind of. But we, we'll sit mornings, and we'll sit evenings for sure. Yep. So. What about you? What I you got... I Escanaba is one of them. I just I, I have to watch it at least before, and I already did that. I knocked that one out. Um, as a kid, I always have to listen to the Thirty Point Buck, but the second song. Okay. Because I remember as a kid, my grandma got me the CD, and it was the second one. It wasn't the original one, so that was the one I always would play. But later on in that album, it was like it's a co- comedy sketch. Yep. They made fun of the town of Medford in it. Nice. And I, I got to so, listen to that yeah, one. Yeah, so it was just a quick line about, you know, sending those kids as kids back to Medford to make pizzas. Yeah. Well, Tombstone Pizzas from Medford and that. So that was yeah. like, you know, back then. So, but there's songs like, you know, now it, it's like they talk about shooting Bears fans, yep. you know, stuff yep. like that. I'm like, I wonder if that would fly, you know, today. Pushing the envelope. Probably yep. couldn't produce that today, but. Exactly. So it's always that one. I got to listen to it beforehand. We've always had the same meals uh, Saturday and Sunday. So Saturday, my grandma still makes hamburger steak, homemade mashed potatoes, gravy. That's our Saturday night meal. And then Sunday's homemade pizza. Nice. All across the board. It's been okay. like that since I can remember. Nice. And it's hasn't yep. changed it one change. bit. Nothing. That's so cool. So um, those are kind of my main ones. Yeah. Yeah. Over I think there. Yeah, we all the other thing too is we always have jerky. Jerky yep. and chocolate covered raisins. That's just been a tri- it's weird, but yeah. that's what we've always eaten. So um, we made uh, we're in the process of making right now six pounds. Um, we just bought a brand new jerky slicer that we just reviewed. It's going to be up on our nice. uh, YouTube channel. and So we're going to probably do about, at the end of the day, about 10, 10 pounds. My brother loves playing around with seasonings. So. Nice. But that will be eaten within a couple oh, couple yeah. days with the Easily. kids and stuff. So jerky, chocolate-covered raisins. Um, yeah. And then I, let's see your Badger game is on Saturday. Yeah, do you got to watch that anymore? That's a ev- yeah, right? But it's an evening one, I think. Yep. So that's kind of good. Yep. And I don't know many. The Packer one's on Sunday. See, I always would leave the woods yeah. to watch that, but now I'm just like, eh, do I yeah. have to? You know? I would always wait in the woods long enough for the people who are going to leave so that they could kick out yep. stuff when they're heading to the game or yep. heading in to watch the games. But I don't know how much movement will be this year. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I took Monday off, so it's like, okay, I've got a little yeah. bit of an excuse uh, over there, too, and I'll follow along on my phone, yeah. you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, it's like, especially with the weather, I know it's not the greatest for, for deer movement, but for sitting out there longer, I kind of yeah. want to take advantage of that, too. Yeah. Did you see much uh, activity during the rut? Not really. Um, and I don't know if, again, it was just because weather, weather-wise, yeah. like even my trail camp to this day, it's still 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock in the morning. A lot yeah. of stuff. I mean, I had some small ones moving in uh, at dusk, but nothing in the mornings. Yeah. Uh, a little bit over there. They just cut 
So they have a cornfield that's across our property that they leave up up until about the week before. And they just cut that. So that just changes everything. Yeah. You know, a yep. week before. Changes their pattern. Yep, exactly. So they're going elsewhere. They're, cha- you know, trying to find where else to, you know, grab that food and all that sort of stuff. So that's why this week's always kind of like I try not to take my trail cams to, too serious because yep. everything has changed with that. And it's always the week before rifle they always. do that. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just like, God, you know, yep. I appreciate it. They're hanging around a little bit more, but now it's like everything's screwed up. Yep. And honestly, like, because I used to go public land too. I don't know if your thought. As soon as those shots start firing, yeah, it's just a shit show yep, after they're that. They're gone. Yeah, yeah, it's all screwed up you, after that. Anyways, we, we figure our best chance, our best chance is opening morning, Saturday, uh, maybe Saturday evening. Mm-hmm. So because then after that, yep. you know, by by Monday morning, where we hunt, we're not far from the Minnesota border. By mon- by Monday, we have a there's this crew. Uh, that comes through and there's about 50 of them and they just drive every piece of you know pu- mm-hmm. public land and stuff so once they walk through but but what's fascinating what's funny though is we say that and then every night and every uh, early morning in the dark we have deer on our camera all the time yeah. we'll just never see them come Saturday afternoon anymore during mm-hmm. the day so yep. it is what it is yep. what are you going to do right we haven't yeah. Uh, we haven't been skunked, um, uh, but you know, but we've had some hunts that were pretty difficult. Thinking, yeah. I don't know if we're gonna get one this year. So yeah, yeah. So is this your son's first, second, third? This will be oh boy, this will be his. This will be his third. Okay. And this is this is you know he's fourteen, so um, I, I'm comfortable with him sitting by himself. So yep. he's got his own little four wheeler. He knows where he wants to put his stand. So I'm going to help him tomorrow. Nice. Uh, when we get up there, put a stand up where he kind of scouted it out and saw some deer when we've been up there, and he wants to put it there. So uh, yeah, I so like I'm, that that he kind of did that on his own. It sounds yeah, like a little yeah, bit. You yeah, know? he en- that's, he that's enjoys really cool. that stuff. Uh, but most of the time though, he still chooses to sit in Grandpa's stand. Grandpa has a uh, elevated ground line mm-hmm. that's uh, heated and is pretty luxurious. Yeah. So he, he'll still choose that in the evenings <laughs> to sit there. So we'll, yeah, so that's kind of exciting to, to see him kind of grow up and take a, a, a big liking to hunting and bow hunting mm-hmm. and, and yeah. whatnot. So what is your favorite memory? Do you have a favorite memory that always sticks out around this time of year for you? Um, yeah, it would just be for me. It would be hanging out with my dad. And my uncle George, mm-hmm. uh, when we would hunt the family farm, you know, we would pack everything up about now. Uh, we would come down here to Eau Claire, stay at my uncle's house. Uh, I remember dad just trying to get me to go to bed at six, seven o'clock at night, yep. couldn't sleep, you know, and we're up at four. And then my uncle had one of those little uh, Jeeps, those C5s or whatever, yeah. CJ5s or whatever. Yep. And it, I mean, this thing was, this this was a rusted tin can, right? <laughs> and it's 20 degrees out, and we would drive south of Eau Claire uh, to the land, and we'd go hunt, and uh, we'd, yeah, we'd just sit there and eat jerky and not see much, because this was mm-hmm. in the 80s, and there yeah. was hardly any deer, and um, so just, you know, the nostalgia around that, right. uh, hunting with my uncle and my dad, and um, that was awesome. And then probably the last, the other one was uh, up north when, you know, I would say it was, it, this was l- mid to late 90s where we had access to uh, some land where if you wanted to 
see a deer you just got up and walked around Mm -hmm. that was when it was like the herd was over a million right and deer were everywhere and that i think i think that is what really got me hooked because there were so many deer yeah you know and uh it was it was it was just an awesome time an awesome hunt with my brother my dad and Mm -hmm. i so yeah i love that you know part of this too it's not always about what you've gotten it's like the because my main memories too are like you know spending with friends and family and all that it's yeah not necessarily the deer that you've gotten yeah after that it's the stories yeah. i think there's different stories yeah surrounding that so and I, I think it's hard it's hard to it's hard to describe it to a non-hunting person mm-hmm. you know who they just think why why would you want to go and sit in a tree or on the ground for 12 13 hours uh, and freeze your butt off and see nothing or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's like um, that's that's just such a small right. slice of the pie as to what the whole hunting experience is. Yep. And like I said, it's hard to explain. It's like, it's like um, you know, uh, ladies who like to go scrapbooking for a whole weekend. It's right. like I can't, I don't understand that. Right. But in hunting's the same way. Mm-hmm. It's but it truly is the relationships and the memories that are created mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, in my profession, when I do uh, celebration of life, since I've, half the time something about hunting comes up, and how people just love, just love the camaraderie mm-hmm. and the traditions. I mean, you want to talk about rich traditions? Yeah. Look no further than a hunting camp. Yep, and that's where I'm excited too, because you know Hudson's six, but you've got a son that's in it now too, and that's yep. where I'm <clears throat> kind of looking for. I don't want him to get grow up too quick, but I'm right. already kind of looking forward to like introducing him to that. Uh, kind of what do you want that I don't want to say era but you know that kind of way yep. of, of hunting season with yeah. with this weekend coming up so because he doesn't quite understand what it is he knows I'm going hunting in that but he doesn't understand the other parts of it yep. why I really enjoy it why I've got so many memories of it that you know I can still remember my first time out as an 11 year old like yeah. almost to every minute what yep. happened that day you, yeah. you know and it's just i hope i never forget that yeah and that's where i'm like too it's like i almost feel like i got a pressure on myself to make sure he has those type <laughs> of memories too you know what i mean like yeah. I, you know it might sound weird but it's like i want to because i'm at that point too like i was talking to my wife i'm like i really hope hudson enjoys going hunting and fishing and in the outdoors and all that so i'm like putting that internal pressure on myself yeah. too yeah to make sure he enjoys I, that i find though most of the time if 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 they see you modeling it mm-hmm. and the passion for it, I, I would bet the farm that they they latch on to it too yep. and enjoy it too. You know, but it is it's a fine balance. I mean, you know, I don't think anybody would argue with us to, if we were to say, you know, it's you know it's tough hunting right now, mm-hmm. uh, deer herd and everything. Um, so it could be really easy for somebody to get really discouraged and be like, "Hey, I've never harvested a deer in four, five, six years and stuff." Yeah. So, but to, but to expand that beyond, it's just not the harvest. It's just not killing a deer and getting a deer as it is everything leading up to it from from putting out trail cams and scouting in in um, July and August to mm-hmm. uh, to you know trying to to figure out you know just their you know which direction they're moving on it's just all that kind of stuff that you get to teach them about nature that's yep. really exciting i still remember my first day as a as a 12 year old how many deer i saw that first day yeah 32 <laughs> so when you're talking about like the deer because i was getting preached like you're not going to see a lot you know don't get discouraged 32 and it's still one of the biggest years i've seen in my life 
Yeah. So really quick story. I was in a ground blind and uh, public land too. Looking up, nothing. And I had a book with me. I still remember The Rainmaker by John Grisham <laughs> as a sixth grader trying to read that book or something like that. So I always had, I would read a page and look up. So I looked up, nothing. Read a page, looked up. Dead center, probably about 40 yards in front of me. The best way I just, I still describe it, I described it as a kid, and I'll still describe it. It looks like an elk. <laughs> <laughs> and instead of just getting my 30 30 open sight rifle, my grandpa was sitting behind me. I stood up, got my grandpa's attention, said, There's a deer right there. <laughs> and it trotted off. And I can just, it's still one of the biggest ones. Jeez. You know, it bugs me, but at the same time, I enjoy telling that story yeah. too. Because you know, chances are that that moment is what hooked you. Yeah. Yep, yeah. exactly. And I remember right away in that morning, because that was year two, we only had one tag. So you had to be, you know, if you want a buck, yep. you know, you got a buck tag. But if you get a doe, that's that's it. You know, okay. we didn't have the bonus yep. tags. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait, you know. Doe comes in at like 7 o'clock. Nope, I'm going. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like 15 yards in front. I missed it. Yeah. And later that day, I missed another one. So I had missed like three. And my one aunt got one. So I went and sat with my aunt Kath and we were talking and I looked over. I'm like, Oh, there's a deer right there. So she kind of tuck her down and doe ran through the shooting lane. There was another one coming and I could see antlers. So I shot, it did a somersault in the air and I had gotten, it was my first buck. It was a five pointer. I had missed these deer 15, 20 yards in front of me all day. This one I hit on the run in the head, in the head, <laughs> like sixty yards away, <laughs> as a twelve-year-old. Yeah, and I was just freaking out, you know, for, like because it's the first time I ever got one. Yeah, you, you know, and I still. And you probably could not make that shot again. No, not yeah. in an open sight thirty-thirty bolt action either. Yeah, you know, was it probably the smartest shot to take? No, <laughs> <laughs> probably not. You know, so you still hunt with that thirty-thirty? I still have it. Yeah, and uh, my hope and my plan is that Hudson will use it his first yeah. year too. Because yeah. it was my aunt's, it was kind of it's one of those traditions that gets passed down. Okay, for every first year hunter. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's it's in my gun cabinet right now. Sweet. Yeah, it's pretty old, but got the job done a lot of times <laughs> <laughs> and missed a lot of big ones too. Yeah, my fault. Open so, sights. Yep. Exactly. Got it. I don't know why they always made me do that, but it was always the joke too. It's like you know Dan shooting when you hear like five times, mm-hmm. pow, 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 pow. And I hit it once. <laughs> they can't say that anymore, though, because now I'm like bullseye. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So, well, dude, thanks for stopping by hey, and uh, talking some hunting with us. Yeah, mor- yeah. I keep saying this morning because I'm used to it, but, yeah. you know, well, afternoon. I wish, wish all the hunters who are listening good yeah, luck. Be absolutely. safe out there and, you know, and just enjoy the time, right? Yep. It's a... Uh, and then maybe we can all meet up at uh, Mike's Star Market. There we with go. With our deers. Yep. That's where I take mine. Is it? Oh, God, yeah. Nice. It is awesome. Yeah. Mike's when a good guy over yeah, there, too. When it's so. like, you know, I mean, if I had time, I like to, I enjoy cutting my own up, but yep. yeah. Yep. That's pretty sweet. So, Absolutely. yeah. Well, you so. be safe. Have a good one. You too, buddy. Appreciate it, Thanks for it, having man. me. Yeah. We are going to take a quick break, and coming up next, chatting with Mark from High V. New segments, feature, whatever you want to call it, coming to the podcast every month. So a couple weeks ago, we did Beer of the Month. Now 
with our good friends from Hy-Vee and our experts like Mark and, and Phil and Tressa over there. We are going to feature a whiskey, bourbon, or scotch of the month. And Mark's going to be joining me with the picks, the very first picks for our whiskey, bourbon, scotch of the month. That's coming up after these quick words. Shoppers, listen up. Are you ready to save big on all your grocery needs? Why wouldn't you? Well, then head on down to Hy-Vee in Eau Claire where the deals are sizzling hot. Hy-Vee has the fresh produce, top quality meats, pantry staples, and all your favorite brands under one roof. And don't forget about their amazing in-store bakery and deli. Need a quick bite to eat? Hy-Vee in Eau Claire has many different options to choose from at their food court as well. So go ahead and visit Hy-Vee in Eau Claire, your one-stop shop for savings, quality, and convenience. Catching up with our good friends from uh, Hy-Vee, and don't tell anybody else, but probably my favorite employee at Hy-Vee, <laughs> Mr. Morning, Mark. Dan. How you doing, bud? I'm doing great. Getting ready for hunting? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, can't wait. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. Uh, tradition unlike any other, yeah, oh, yeah. right? Exactly. Yep, that's, it's the one, I have old uh, older uh, boys. I have two sons, and uh, I don't see them very often during the year, but this mm-hmm. is the one time that me and my cousins and my family get together and and uh, it's the one weekend where we it's just us. Mm-hmm. And so I look forward to it every single year. Mm-hmm. Not not that concerned if I get a deer or not. Right. I just, just to be there with everybody is... I was talking yeah. to somebody the other day about, you know, this and like with hunting and for like maybe people, non-hunters and that. It's, it's different. Like it's not just about going out and getting a deer. Like I right. love the camaraderie right. part of it. That that to me is the best part. Yep, absolutely. And that and where we go, we have uh, a lot of relatives and cousins and stuff. And I have a couple that are in their eighties. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many more years they're going to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've done it with them most of my life. And it is, I really, that's what I care about. Yep. You know, even if they told me, well, you can't go out to the woods today. You just got to stay there with everybody. Okay. Yep. I'm good. Yep. You know, and and we've had so many good times and my boys have grown up hunting mm-hmm. you know they got their first deer both of them within five minutes of each other man one was with my brother in his stand one was with me and you know I, we just have so many good memories up there that it is about the mm-hmm. relationships and it is about just being with friends and family the one thing i do regret and i i, I think about kind of still starting it up especially with hudson getting older mm-hmm. like a, a journal oh yeah or like a record book or something yeah. like that like, yeah, I, I kind of wish I would have started. You know, that. and I'm I am happy that my boys. So they're 26 and 28, and they have been doing this since they were 12. Because mm-hmm. back then it was 12. You yep. Couldn't do it. And they so they know a lot of the stories now mm-hmm. because they listen to it every year and mm-hmm. they they hear a new one every year. Yep. I can't believe you did that, Dad. <laughs> you know, or whatever. Or, and and it's just it's beautiful because. Um, they they know the history of my family mm-hmm. because they hear it. Yep. And they hear it from you know, so, like I said, some of my cousins are eighty and sixty, and and we you know we have a lifetime of experience and experiences, and they get to hear that. Yep. And they wouldn't. I will tell you, my boys would not miss it. Mm-hmm. You know, they they might tell me that they're busy all through the year. Mm-hmm. But they're gonna drop everything it is when it's deer camp. Deer camp, baby. and I gotta bring my venison jerky, or they're not happy. Or oh, you? Is so that... I've got a lot. Oh. I, I usually make. We're probably at about eighteen pounds right now. I bring okay. up just a lot. 
and everybody if i didn't bring it up i they might send me home <laughs> so it's kind of like an entry point for me that i have to bring my venison uh jerky but you know part of that is i gotta make sure i get some venison yeah, i was gonna say you gotta I'm get one. venison now yeah <laughs> pressure's on now pressure's on now i'll put it on my boys you guys gotta, <laughs> yeah you, you want, want it jerky? you gotta get it yeah <laughs> oh man i'm excited about this now because it was a i think it was a couple weeks ago i had texted you and phil yeah. yep i said hey you know what are you guys thoughts on like featuring a whiskey bourbon yeah. you know even like a scotch or something yeah. a month and uh didn't take long phil sometimes takes a while to text yeah, that one didn't take that long no, for him to text no, back yeah, so you know? anytime i text phil about a whiskey thing i get an immediate response mm-hmm. yep <laughs> i ask him something if he could do something for me i don't hear it no yep. <laughs> but but he yeah we we thought that that's a great idea um and right now the, it's um holiday time right yep so every year we get these gift packs in and what they are is it'll be a certain um, whiskey, and then it, you might get a couple of free glasses, okay. or you might get a, f- a couple of free metal picks that you put the you know that you use for your uh, old fashions. Mm, yep. Or you get a couple bottles. Now, the one that I would like to accentuate and talk about is Angels Envy. So Angels Envy is a bourbon. Um, the distillery is in Louisville. I've just happened to been there a couple times, mm-hmm. and and they <laughs> just have, a couple, just, well, maybe every day. <laughs> but they have a um, they have a gift pack that has two three hundred and seventy five milliliter bottles, so that equals one full seven fifty. And one of them is the bourbon, and that is uh, that is finished in port casks, you know, wine cask, mm-hmm. and then there is a rye, and that is finished in um, rum casks. Okay. And the deal with that is, is the, I think, uh, 750 bottle of, of the bourbon is like 50 some bucks. Mm-hmm. Well, it's almost $90 for the, for the rye. Those two together is forty one ninety nine. Oh, shoot. That's a heck of a deal. It's a heck of a deal. They are just, I will tell you that the rye to me is like dessert in a glass. Really? Because okay. it's very sweet because of the rum barrel finishing. Okay. And we we have sold uh, quite a few, but we we still have a lot mm-hmm. on there. And and uh, they are and another one for a Scotch uh, gift is Dewar's. Mm-hmm. So Dewar's is a blended Scotch, but they have it's a 15 year old blended Scotch, and then there is um, a 12 year old. And an 18-year-old sample along with it, um, and I'm not—I can't remember what that price is, but it's very reasonable. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me at this time, I, you know, that's what you want to look at, right? Because if you look in my cupboard, I have a bunch of glasses, and it comes from gift packs. <laughs> because during this time, you you spend the same or less for that bottle because it's on on special, right? And then you get something else with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then uh, I know we said uh, whiskey of the month, but we're gonna we're gonna do a whiskey, we're gonna do a bourbon, and we're gonna do a scotch. So we did those two. Yep. The whiskey, I would say, and and you know it qualifies as a bourbon, but uh, we have a Jack Daniels pick. Yes, we have, and yep. it is delicious. And that I would encourage people to mm-hmm. come on in, and we've we've taken it down in price and. 
it is uh, it is a really good whiskey. Mm-hmm. And the, the reason it, I like the bottling on it too. Yeah, it's it looks beautiful. so cool. Yeah. Well, it's funny because you know it's got that big metal um, tag or whatever that says high V on there. Yeah. It looks like a belt buckle. Yeah, it looks like I could make a belt buckle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I told Phil I was going to make a belt buckle out of it for it. <laughs> but they, um, but I would say those. You know, gift packs are the way to go right now. Yep. And they're only available, you know, for a couple months. Right. And and so if you're asking me what the whiskey of the month would be, that's what I would say. Perfect. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to hear the next one now, next month. Oh, so. yeah. We, now that I don't we, think we'll run out of options. No, and now, yeah. that, now that we're doing this, I'll be thinking, I'll be writing stuff down. Oh, mm-hmm. hey, that's a good one for whiskey yeah. of the month. How are you doing on the, because uh, you're doing some testing for bourbon taste yeah. sort of thing? So for certification? Yeah. Yeah, so I am pretty close. So where we're at with it is I can take it whenever I want, mm-hmm. but you have one shot at it. And so uh, for what I find from the, the uh, program that I'm going through, I know most of it. The, the part that is um, is a little bit foreign to me is the exact science behind what they do mm-hmm. to create the distillate and and the whiskey so I just have to make sure I have all of that mm-hmm. but um, hopefully hopefully here in a month or two I will be a certified bourbon specialist nice yeah it, it is you're gonna get uh, your name tag changed to that too is. is it really yeah Oh, dude, that's yeah. sweet. Yeah, that's so cool. That right there. It's going to be big and it's going to stay right there. That's awesome. That's so cool. <laughs> I, have a, I have a badge. <laughs> I got to earn that first. <laughs> I got confidence in you. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, I uh, always love catching up with you, buddy. Yeah, thanks, Dan. And uh, best of luck this weekend. Same Keep to me you. posted if anybody in your group uh, yeah. gets anything. We'll so, do. Yep. And same here, too. So. All right. Sounds good. All right. We'll chat with you again soon, buddy. Sounds good, Dan. Coming up next, we are chatting with our good buddy Jake Bulks, Conservation Warden for the great state of Wisconsin after these quick words. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for a driving experience like no other? At Toys and Ford, they're not just selling cars, they're delivering dreams on four wheels. With a wide range of Ford vehicles, you'll find the perfect ride to suit your style and needs. Their expert team is there to guide you through every step of the way, from test driving to financing. They're committed to making your car buying journey seamless and enjoyable. Toys and Ford, where your automotive dreams become a reality. Visit them today and experience the thrill of driving. Driving with the best. Uh, Jake Bulks, our conservation warden buddy, uh, joining us in studio for an extended version of our outdoor tidbits for this morning with the opener coming up on Saturday. And I know in our, because we've done this for a few years now? Well, with, few with years, yeah. And it's always one season, too, that uh, you get excited about. Because I always, you know, and I know we've revisited this before, but like, I remember as a kid growing up, you know, there was always this mindset that you guys aren't able to do any hunting, yep. like muzzle loading season yep. was yep. like the DNR one. But you've kind of talked about like, you know, you, you still are able to get out, but you really enjoy, you know, opening day and, and kind of getting out there, it seems like. Yeah, it's it's a cool part of the job. You know, that is, it's still, you know, no, no matter how many times like we advertise it kind of in our hiring process or talk with wardens, like mm-hmm. it is, you would think, because we are out during every holiday, every main event or opener we're out mm-hmm. working and so like you do lose some opportunity with hunting fishing trapping with right. that you do i mean there's no doubt but 
with this job and the flexibility, you gain so much more time to hunt and fish during the week mm-hmm. or even like different times of the weekend that you normally would never have if you're working like a nine to five and you'd have to take vacation or something to go hunt on a Tuesday, you know? Right. We can just go do it. So right. it is a really cool part of the job. I love the opening weekend. Um, everyone's excited. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like surgeon spearing. If you've ever done surgeon spearing, like that opening weekend, everyone's excited. By the second or third weekend out there, it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, and come the Sunday of the gun deer season, there's usually people that are either super happy or they're kind of frustrated because they're still trying to fill their tank. Right. But the opening weekend's always fun. Everyone's having a good time. They're at deer camp or they're going out to their land. They're with their family or they're with their friends. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that optimism that you're going to go out there and get the 30-point buck and, right. uh, and, you know, and everything. <laughs> so it's it's a fun morning. I enjoy waking up and getting some coffee and Start checking people, you know, when they're coming out of the woods to warm up and stuff. Absolutely. This year might be a little different with that weather, though. I know. I mean, Usually people, to... you know, 9, 10 o'clock, you start getting some people walking out of the woods to warm up their fingers. But this yep. year, you might know. Might be a little bit of a long day, or, yeah. you know, sitting out in a stand all Which day. Which is good. Yeah. I mean, good for the hunters. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Might have to take that deer in quicker, though, if you get one. So. You do <laughs> have to have some plans this year. You can't just really hang it in the garage or mm-hmm. hang it on the pole at the, at the cabin. You're definitely going to have to have plans to do it yourself or get it to a processor. Right, exactly. And I know we uh, we just uh, gave a shout-out to our friends Mike's, Mike's oh, Star Market. Yeah. They've got their hours up and and uh, instructions how to go about everything over there. They're getting ready, too. Yeah, so. they're good stuff. They open, he opened a mercantile up in Elk Mound and sell some of his stuff. Nice. So it's cool to see that and yeah. have that stuff up there. Absolutely. So. Shout-out Mike and Sarah over there, <laughs> yeah. too. So. Uh, I got to ask you, I want to lead off asking you this, because this is actually a topic I know we've talked about before, um, and it was the news of the uh, the the cougar in Buffalo County. That was, sure. And I, I want to relate it to, because I know we've asked you, or I've asked you, like, a bear, you know, yep. if a bear climbs your stand, you know, what should you do, you know, if and you've mentioned it before, like, if you feel your life is in danger yep you know and you kind of explain that pro- and it sounds like this is what happened with uh with the cougar incident in buffalo this yeah hunter felt like he was in danger that's and- what i read you know to be mm-hmm. honest um i didn't know about it until tuesday and mm-hmm. i think you know it had happened previous to that you know it was everything kind of in our in our world hand is handled you know locally so yep um that's kind of out of my team or like out of the wardens i work with typically mm-hmm. and um Usually, there you know, it doesn't just get sent off throughout the state. It it kind of stays locally for the investigation, and then when it's completed, they do the press release like they did. And mm-hmm. but yeah, if if it sounds like the the animal, the cougar was coming up to him or stalking up to him or however it was, but mm-hmm. he felt threatened. And if that's the case, whether it's a cougar or a a wolf or a bear or a, even a deer, you know, mm-hmm. you got a deer pinning you up against a tree or something, right? You know, um, if your life's in danger, obviously your life trumps mm-hmm. that of a protected species. Right. And he called the hotline right away, it sounds like, too. Called the and, hotline, and reported, reported it, and, it did yeah. everything that you should do. So, mm-hmm. And so, that's kind of something you've always uh, said, too. You know, just give you guys a call and, you know, don't try to hide it or don't. Because, I mean, it, it, it all worked out perfectly It all worked him, out. You know? Yep, it all worked out. Um, yeah, and that, I mean, that's for that's for anything, you know, mm-hmm. small small complaints or you shoot the wrong duck all the way up to you know he's shooting a cougar right you know if you call the hotline or you call your local ward and get the ball rolling it is exponentially different how mm-hmm. we can handle that situation right now you know if the dnr gets a call f- that someone shot a cougar because they're they're scared but they never called the dnr and we have to go to that house and be like do you have a cougar right <laughs> that's a whole another story versus like calling and saying hey i felt endangered 
you know, I shot this thing. Can you guys come out and help me? It's like, yeah. Right. Uh, two different stories. So. Exactly. It sounds like you did everything right. They ran it through the DA's office. Yep. Um, and it all checks out. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It looks a whole lot better when you're the one reporting it yourself. Instead yeah. Of and that's, I mean, else. in this case, it's the Cougar. But again, I like to re, um, revisit it because we've, I have seen a, a decent amount of self reports this year. Someone shooting a deer and they thought they were in a different unit you know they had the wrong tags mm-hmm. they thought they had their archery lease license but they realized they didn't um thought they had um yeah doe tags for this county or that and i've seen a lot of self-reports which is really good because mm-hmm. instead of us finding out after the fact and writing tickets we can usually educate and give verbal warnings on right those. Exactly. Uh, well, I'm just going to lead it off. I yeah. already texted you a little bit uh, yeah. a couple days ago about a. <laughs> we joked about it last week, but it's a very popular topic no. uh, with with you guys, and probably the most popular uh, top question we we get for you. And with you know the opener coming up on on Saturday, yeah, you know it's it's the drone question the again. Drones, the drones, drones uh, run there. the world right now. Yeah, what's you know. Can people use it? You know, one example we got earlier uh, for, from this week was from a listener. You know, l- you know, last year they you know got a deer, went into a swamp. They weren't able to find or anything like that. The, if they kind of wondering if that happens again this year, are they allowed to to use a drone in that? So yeah, I know it's kind of it's it's difficult to, to, to yeah. explain a lot of it. Yeah, so kind of I'll hit on like the overarching thing, and I did bring in some of my. Like guidance that, you know, typically I talk with people, and since we have, you know, the long form today, I can kind of hit on a few extra things. Um, But at the end of the day is drones are legal to use as a recovery method if the right circumstances are, you know, available in the right circumstances and you can articulate why you need to use a drone and that you're not utilizing it for, like, hunting, scouting, or harassing wildlife. So... Mm -hmm. So over, the overall thing on this is that using a drone, by using a drone, you very quickly get into the world of hunting with the aid of an aircraft, because mm-hmm. it's it's an aircraft, yep. and then also harassing wildlife, because the harassing wildlife law or state statute basically says if you do anything to mo- change that animal's direction of travel, you know, harass it, scare it, do whatever, molest it, all these fancy words, mm-hmm. um, you're harassing it. And that could be something as simple as, like, you put the drone up, and instead of that eagle flying towards the drone like it was, it sees the drone and flies away. Like, mm-hmm. at that point, you change the direction of that bird, you harassed it, mm-hmm. and now you're in the harassing mode. So those are the, you know, violations that you can quickly get into using these drones, which is why we always say be careful. So when using the drone... Um, I'm reading through some of my stuff here. So at the end of the day, the stuff that the wardens are going to consider when we're looking at potential, if, is this a legal situation Is it, um, or is it a violation situation, some of the things we're going to look at, like are you operating it within the shooting hours? Is the drone operator dressed in hunting clothing? Is the drone operator um, part of the hunting group or the hunter, or is it a third-party affiliation? Mm-hmm. Are the animals being rallied or driven? Um, are, is the information gathered being used by the drone operator for themselves for hunting purposes or to give to someone else? Mm-hmm. And then there's a bunch of other things like that the hunter has to articulate um, why they need to use a drone to locate the animal. So, like, if you just shoot an animal and then you 
or shoot a deer and it walks off and you can't articulate why you think the drone would be needed to track it versus you tracking it yourself or even getting a dog, um, then that's going to be something we take into account. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you arrow a deer and you put it in the shoulder and you find the arrow 75 yards later, you got three, four inches of penetration in the arrow, um, you know, blood on the arrow, you find splotches of blood and then it dries up because it's not bleeding a lot. It's going to be very hard to articulate that you need a drone because you think that deer is dead. Mm-hmm. You, if you're using a drone, you have to be able to justify that. That deer is dead. I just can't find it. Mm-hmm. That's At the end of the day, that's, the, that's kind of what we're looking for is like, explain to me or tell me why you think that deer is dead and the general vicinity of it and why you need a drone to find it. Mm-hmm. And if you can articulate that and you're not using it for hunting or harassing purposes, then, yeah, you can legally use it or someone else can. Mm-hmm. But if, like, you don't have a good reason or it's very evident that are you kind of pushing the deer by doing this? To, are there other hunters on the side of the woods? So you're kind of using it to, yep. you know, there's going to be a lot. And wardens are really good at reading this situation and being like, okay, something doesn't smell right here. Mm-hmm. Or looking at it and being like, yeah, you're right, there's blood everywhere. It's a huge swamp back here. That's you know, the I can see all your kind of, I can yeah, see yeah. all your tracks going through the swamp. Mm-hmm. I don't see it either. You know, let's you know use the drone. Yep. All these parameters. Mm-hmm. The other thing that's really important to note is that there's like the deer hunting. There's the DNR regulations, but a drone is like a FAA, um, you know, federally regulated aircraft. Mm-hmm. So those drone operators have to have certain permits from them as well as like one of the main ones that i know about is um you have to have that drone in your visual sight the entire time the drone operated flying it okay so like i think some people think like okay i got a drone so they're just gonna use the screen on the control and they're gonna go fly through all these woods and go up and down the mountainside you know right then look for a deer but that's not the case because they have to have direct line with that Mm -hmm. drone at all times so if we come across that, we pull up, someone's sitting in a parking lot with a drone looking at the screen, and we don't see a drone anywhere, now you're in violation. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be tickets. Right. So it's a really, in everything I said isn't like a, it, you have to do it this way, it's legal, this way it's not legal. These are all like factors and considerations we're going to assess at the scene. Mm-hmm. So there is some like discretion with it, right. but at the same time we all have um, this policy that I'm looking at. Or like guidance from our from our chain of command, and these are all like there's a lot of things here that we look at to try to determine like what is you know what are they doing here? Does it kind of fit? Does it not fit? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, we truly want to see a good resolution to deer. You know, we don't want to see a deer suffer, and we definitely don't want to see a deer get wasted. Mm-hmm. You know, we want people to find their big bucks or their big does or have the kid get his first deer. You know, if they can't find it, like. Mm-hmm. definitely there's no ill will in the sense of like we don't want you to use it and find a deer you know right. but we have to be doing it appropriately because what happens is someone somewhere takes it too far and then you know it kind of ruins it for everyone right exactly so big thanks for for that i'm sure that won't be the last time you get no it won't too, be the last so. and that's okay <laughs> you know i had this talk with some of my upper management about, I don't think we have any drone guidance on the state website. Mm-hmm. Um, without getting into the specifics of it, we have like an office of communications within the DNR, and they are the ones that decide on like kind of what goes out, what's approved, what's not approved. Right. And I don't know where they sit with the drone stuff. 
um, way above my pay grade. But I don't think you can find it on the state website, which is why, you know, te- the wardens are getting inundated with a lot of the questions, which is fine. I mean, that's mm-hmm. it is what it is. We enforce it. Um, so I just say that in the sense of, like, you might be able to find it on there. You might not. And we understand why we're getting the calls if there's nothing out there. You know, if right. people are trying to do the right thing, then that's what we, you know, that's what I always preach is if you don't know or you you have questions, then call us and we'll try to help you out. Right. Exactly. Uh, we got a question from another Dan uh, over here. Um, I've been told that a person can use archery equipment to fill a gun tag during the gun season. Uh, I can't find that in the regs, though. Can you clarify that? Yeah, so there's a rule called the lesser weapons rule where you can utilize your compound bow, traditional bow, or recurve, or um, a crossbow, and you can fill that gun buck tag with okay. your archery um i think the gist of it is basically you know a firearm is superior to it you know you're going to shoot farther you're going to be more efficient right and they're saying that you know if you can use that for that then you could use your crossbow too um so it is allowed i haven't looked in the rigs for that specifically if they did and they can't find it then it must not be in there but it is allowable to fill your gun tags or your gun buck tag with archery equipment okay now yeah, is that only during the rifle season or is that yes okay <clears throat> yes good qu- that's a really good question yeah <laughs> yes you cannot fill that gun tag during like archery season during the rut you know mm-hmm. you can only fill it during a gun deer season and one that allows buck harvest because you know the antler of the season is is uh for gun mm-hmm. but you can't shoot a buck that week right um and then with that as well is you're still using archery equipment, so you can't group hunt under that then. So yep. the group hunting law, which is, you know, coming up here, is that you can group hunt, you can shoot a deer for someone else and register it on their account. If you're in sight and voice contact and you both are hunting with rifles or firearms um, and have unfilled takes. So the main thing there that a lot of people kind of miss is that you're hunting with rifles or firearms. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't group hunt during the archery season, and you couldn't legally group hunt during the gun deer season if one person is using a crossbow and one person is using a rifle, because mm-hmm. you have to have rifles. Um, I get a lot of questions with it with felons. Is like, okay, I can still hunt, I can use a crossbow, I can use my compound bow, I can fill an extra buck tag with my bow. Um, they ask, you know, that question is asked a lot, and you can, but they can't participate in any sort of group deer hunting because of that. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, i got another question uh, coming in here. This is something I remember way back in the day uh, at Hunter Safety. Uh, but it's, I, I think, probably another question you get a lot uh, when it comes to rifle season. Uh, scenario, uh, I hit a deer or I shoot a deer. It goes on somebody else's land, and then they shoot it and end up uh, killing it. Who gets the deer in that scenario? So at the end of the day, the person that finishes off the deer the person that takes possession you know kills the deer is the person that gets it is authorized to Mm -hmm. take that deer now there's a lot of hunter culture where you know people say first blood it's their deer stuff like that right but you know it would be kind of impossible to enforce that 
from a cultural perspective because if you wound a deer it walks two miles and three days later someone else shoots it but it's very evident it was wounded first it's like how do you track mm-hmm. that down and now does that make it invalid for the guy that just shot it three days later right so at the end of the day whoever reduces the deer to their possession it's their deer mm-hmm. um i remember my hunter safety course instructor because they went through that scenario and this was a long time ago but that happened to them where you know somebody had shot a deer but then they were the ones that ended up shooting it uh but you know they worked with that other hunter because i think it was a kid's first year and yeah. they allowed him to have it he said but by rule you know it, it's it was kind of a teaching yeah moment sort of yeah thing so too, kind so. of by rule it's whoever reduces it to their possession legally yep. you know they have to have the tags and they're not it's, it's not coming into a bait site and stuff like that right um but what we always hope and preach is you know good hunter ethics good sportsmanship in it so you know if you got a deer that's struggling walks up to you and you're basically just finishing it off because it's going to die, mm-hmm. and you know that someone shot it, a good ethical hunter and a good sportsman or sportswoman is going to go to the neighbor and be like, hey, are you looking for your deer? I finish it off, and they're going to pro- you know, allow it. But they also reduce it to their possession, so in a, in a way it's up to them. So, you know, however you look at it, you know, um, you got to – I guess kind of go through it, but at the end of the day, the guy that shoots it, it's their deer. Mm-hmm. Um, they're the ones that are supposed to register it. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that are supposed to have the legal licenses and stuff like that. Right, exactly. Uh, I got another question uh, here. Uh, in term, it kind of relates to, uh, to that too, and I think it's something that uh, you, you've obviously addressed in the past. If my deer goes on somebody else's uh, property, yep. do I have to ask for permission, or can I just go and retrieve it if I see it? You still have, even if it's. 10 feet in i guess even if it's a foot over and and you could even just grab it legally Mm -hmm. state law says that once that deer crosses private property you have to have permission to go and retrieve it there's no um, exemptions for retrieving deer even if you see them there's no exemptions for law enforcement to come on and grab it for you or anything like that it's up to the private landowner to allow or disallow people on their private property Mm -hmm. that's why we really encourage you know being friendly with your neighbors especially around the gun deer season or the deer season um we try to you know have everyone even if they're non-hunters or even if they have beef with their neighbor if a deer comes across and you don't like your neighbor at the end of the day you're not entitled to the deer you know if the deer comes on that landlord is not entitled to it so the best bet for the deer is to just let them get their deer get Mm -hmm. it get out or or you know what i've told some landowners is like just drag it to the property edge and let them come get it. If you don't want to deal with them, just drag it there, let them grab it from their property line and be done with it. You know, you mm-hmm. know it's there. Um, so you can't just cross to get it. So that answers that. And then a landowner, if they say no, a landowner isn't then allowed to keep the deer either okay. because they didn't shoot it, they didn't reduce it to their possession. Um, they don't have the legal right to it. Mm-hmm. Now, could they just let it rot there? Hypothetically, yes. We d- obviously discourage that and don't like that. Um, but they have the ability to say no. But they mm-hmm. can't take the deer. They can't register the deer. They can't eat the deer or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So we try to, you know, we're not mediators. Like, we're not going to go on scene and mediate a, a civil dispute or a, a hunter dispute. Right. Um, unless, you know, it's physical and we got to get in there for that. But if it's just, you know, words and this and that, and it's just because you don't like each other, I always try to tell people to take the high road. Mm-hmm. Um, but if, if nothing can be decided and there's, 
you know, there's something going on where we think the deer is going to get illegally used. We'll just, the property always goes back to the state, so we'll just take it and donate it to the gotcha. food pantry or something. Gotcha. Uh, this is a question from Mike. Mike says, I hunt uh, public land. I'm pretty sure I know the answer already, but I might as well ask it. Uh, is yeah, there good. Is there any rules in terms of, like, uh, if I get to this area first, that I get that certain area and a certain, like, uh, you know, I'm assuming he means, like, yeah. yardage or something like yeah. that, or I'm sure you Unfortunately, probably that. I think Mike knows the answer, too. The answer is no. Public mm-hmm. land is public land. You know, someone could come in and start doing wildlife photography 10 feet from your stand on opening morning if they wanted, you know. Mm-hmm. Public land is for public land, and there's no, you know, you get this piece of land, you get that. Uh, it goes the same for like ice fishing like we don't have a rule that you need to be so far from someone someone hypothetically could come up within three inches of your shack or three inches of your hole and drill a hole and fish there mm-hmm. now is that going to start a fight or you know is that, yep. <laughs> is that not very sportsman yes but there's no laws that we can enforce to restrict it so if you're the first one in the woods and someone comes bombing in at daylight hours 50 yards from you Besides being upset with them, there's really nothing you or, or us can do. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe if you can, you know, have a civil conversation later about who's hunting where, so the next right. day it's not screwed up, then that's probably a good thing to have. But the hardest part in all of that is, you know, emotions run high. Right. Is that you got to kind of rein it in because no one's going to respond well if you come at them really hot mm-hmm. um, and upset. So if you can have that civil conversation and explain your point of view, some, a lot of times it does work out. Some people just don't know you're there. Some people this or that. But mm-hmm. same as if, you know, you're going to like a blind that you built on the ground or something. If someone's there before you, they're entitled to be there as well. Right. Uh, kind of with with uh, that too, because I remember as a kid, you know, we'd go on public land, but there was people that would drive through, you know, like making drives yep. through public land. But, yeah. you know, you can maybe cuss under your breath or something like that, but it's, it's It'd public land. It'd be extremely land. frustrating. Yep. And obviously, you know, at that point, there's probably no deer there, but... The good thing about, but you're right, there's nothing you can do. The good thing Mm -hmm. about deer, though, is it's crazy how many times I've been hunting or I've seen it or I've heard the stories where someone's like, you know, someone just drove by with an ATV or someone just did this or they pushed the land out or my neighbor's combine and and then, like, 10 minutes later they still have deer, like, right there. Or the deer just follow down the trail after it, you know. So it's not like if someone goes through an area, it's blown up for the whole day. Right. That's the good thing about hunting. Yeah. Sometimes it screws stuff up. Sometimes it's just, it is what it is. Yeah. That's why I always chuckle sometimes when I see those shows where they hear something, you know, somebody's making noise like, oh, my day's ruined. And I'm like, but I remember public land, like, you know, you'd shoot a deer and then like 10 minutes later, there's another one coming through, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Or how many stories have we heard where you shoot a deer and it's it's dead right there. And then the other one just kind of steps over it. Right. Yeah. This or, you know, someone walks through and then 20 minutes later, a deer walks through. So not that it's not frustrating. I'm not taking away from that. Yep. Um, but it doesn't have to mean like if it's eight in the morning that you just call the opener a quit, you know, you can still mm-hmm. sit out there and have success. Right. Now this is, uh, I'm going to see, cause I think this was maybe a little talk to text here. So I'm going to try to decipher this, sure. uh, this texture here. Uh, but, uh, this texture says I own uh, a small bit of land. It's uh, the land on this, on this block, maybe, I don't know, but, sure. um, is divided into different parcels, five acre, 10 or 10 acre parcels. Yep. On my parcel, you know, I've got a stand, and then the next over, there is a shed about uh, f- uh, two 10-acre parcels away. Sure. 
what is the rule in terms of how far or like can I shoot in that direction? Is it like a rule like the like the road, like fifty feet away from the road? Is there any rules to that? So and we're I hope I, I no, hope I decipher no, that. No, that you yeah. deciphered it well. So okay. I think what they're getting at is just basically are there any firearm discharge restriction limits? And there mm-hmm. are. Um if you're on your own property, there actually isn't. So if you're on your own private property and you can shoot a firearm legally in whatever township you're in, you can shoot wherever on your property. Now you can't shoot across your property lines right. you know, on other people's. But you got five, ten acres, you can hunt it, shoot it, whatever, even if there's a house next to you. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're on someone else's property or you're on public land and you're hunting with a firearm, you have to be um, outside of 100 yards of a dwelling. So a dwelling is is a building devoted to human occupancy. So, mm-hmm. you know, like a shed, you know, like a just like a shed where you store stuff, isn't yep. a, it's a building, but it's not devoted to human occupancy. So, okay. so if you're on public land or you're on someone else's and there's a shed on the other side of the property line, you can discharge next to it because it's not devoted to human occupancy now mm-hmm. if you're on public property and there's a house 30 yards on the other side of the, the line where you want to hunt then you're within 100 yards then that's a violation so the, the easy thing is if you're at least 100 yards away from any sort of building especially any sort of potential house then stay away from that you'll be good when it comes to roadways you have to be 50 feet excuse me yeah 50 feet away from the center of any road center line the road doesn't have to actually have like a painted line on it, like right. a gravel road. Mm-hmm. Like we'll just measure the road, find the midpoint, and that's your center line. Mm-hmm. You have to be 50 feet away in the grass or like in the woods or property from that center line. Mm-hmm. Um, we see that a lot during deer drives. So yeah. usually you get the guy on the end of the deer drive and he's standing in the ditch line. You're probably like 10 yards maximum, You know, right. probably more like 7 yards away from or like 20 feet out of your 50 feet away you know that's like a 300 hundred dollar ticket mm-hmm. just for watching the deer there because you're hunting it's not only discharging too it's hunting within 50 feet you can't hunt within 50 feet of a road center line so even by standing there doing the deer drive you're hunting within 50 feet so mm-hmm. again another potential violation or citation so just be careful on all that we always tell everyone just get into the woods like get into the grass like right get away from the ditch mm-hmm. now for those drivers they can drive can they drive, you know, starting from the road and walking in? You, just, or is it just the standards? Well, you can, I mean, well, everyone has to be at least 50 feet away from right, the road. Right, So, okay. like, once you, you can start driving hypothetically at your 50, 50 feet then. So, mm-hmm. you know, everyone gets ready at the truck and whatnot. You know, you're probably not hunting then. Just wait to kind of, like, officially, intently start hunting once right. you get down in that ditch line and stuff. Because, right. you know... It happens sometimes where people are walking into the ditch and here comes a deer and boom, you know, it's like, yep. well, you just shot within 50 feet. You exactly. Yeah. You're going to lose your deer and you're going to get a ticket. Yep, exactly. So uh, i got a couple more uh, questions coming through here this morning. I think we kind of maybe answered this one, uh, but a texter is asking, can I bow hunt during rifle season? I think that yep. kind of went with that one. Yeah, it's similar. I think we actually answered it last week too. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, that's good. I mean, I like these questions. I like repeating them because if someone's thinking it, someone else is probably thinking it too. But right. yeah, everything's open. Like, if it's open, you can hunt it during the gun deer season. Um, no restrictions, just wear blaze orange. So mm-hmm. once Saturday comes, everybody hunting minus waterfall hunters got to mm-hmm. have that blaze orange requirement on. This one's an interesting one. Can I go down the river in a canoe and hunt from that? You can. Okay. Um, a lot of the like trespassing laws apply there where 
you have to have permission. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you have any sort sort of motor on it, because some canoes have little trolling motors. Yep. Um, you have to have those totally turned off and everything like that. But if you have permission to hunt on the property that's adjacent to the canoe that you're in or something like that, it's public mm-hmm. property, it's your own private land, whatever, mm-hmm. you can discharge from a canoe. We just, you know, you got to have your blaze orange on and you got to follow all the rules. It's kind of like sitting in a stand, you're just in the water. Right. But you got to follow all those other rules. Plus, you got to have a life jacket on mm-hmm. or in the boat and different things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I wonder, I mean, for public land, too, if it's like, you know, you're going down the river, but it's public land all across, yep. that it's, yep. you know, you just kind of treat it like public land. Then yep, you just treat bit. it like public land. It's just like instead of standing, you know, on a trail in the or in the woods, you're in the water. Mm-hmm. It's just you got to really make sure, you know, there's no people or other hunters in there. You're wearing your blaze orange. You got the um, PFD or life jacket in your canoe um and whatever else comes plus just the safety aspect you know have Mm -hmm. you practiced shooting from right being in a canoe on the water you know are you gonna you know is the recoil gonna knock you back or not so right all those different things you want to just be cognizant of before you do it exactly but there's people that do it people that do it duck hunting people that do it deer Mm -hmm. hunting or uh, turkey hunting even stuff like that yeah uh this is another question uh, that we got coming in here is it still a rule for an uh, antlered buck to be tagged as a buck it has to be three inches long yeah so the okay. rule is um it's either antlerless deer or an antler deer buck which mm-hmm. is at three inches okay so it's like one or the other right which is because of the simple reasons of you can get antlerless deer or you can get female deer with antlers sometimes and mm-hmm. you know um, you can get bucks that don't have any antlers, you know. Have you ever run into a scenario where, because I've read stories and I've seen pictures, yeah, a doe's antlered. The last one I saw was in Minnesota, someone shot like a nice eight-pointer. So and how do you take that? To, like in this state, it would be a buck. Would it be a buck? Yeah, okay. It's, it's an antler deer. Okay. So that's how that, oh, mm-hmm. I see now. No, I yeah, it's okay. antlers or no antlers, basically. Gotcha. You know, it'd be like trying to say, you know, you have to take your buck, you know, if you shoot a doe, or excuse me, a fawn buck. Like, is that your buck? Because it's a male deer. Right. You know? Okay. Um, so, That yeah. makes complete... I, I don't know why I didn't think of it that yeah. way, but yeah, that makes complete yeah, sense. Yeah, just kind of so. like antlers or no antlers type mm-hmm. thing. So, I mean, it, if it, sometimes it's close, right? It's close, It's yeah. very close there. So you can... Yeah, sometimes you can shoot a, um antlerless deer that's... Mm-hmm. You know, I know one year I had to... The trick was if you have like a dollar bill six inches long... Fold oh, it in half. Not and a bad, measure not a bad way to do it. And yeah, I, most people don't think about bringing like a a tape measure or anything right. out when you're, you know, that's more of a fishing thing. But yep, but sometimes not a bad idea. Yeah, using that. Most people got a dollar somewhere around. Yeah, because I thought it was a doe. And I'm like, oh crap. Yeah. <laughs> you know, luckily I still had the buck tag. I'm like, well, there's my buck tag. Yeah, right. You know, the little guy. But you know, right. you got to tag it up there. I know, so. and and I mean that's an example of like self-reporting. Not to go back to that. It's just like I'd rather not write tickets and t- take deer from people if. Mm-hmm. they call so like a lot of people shoot you know young bucks because from 100 yards away they don't see any antlers you know they don't see the little two spikes you know right and then they come up to it and you're like oh crap mm-hmm. so at that point you know unless someone in your group that you're hunting with if you're in a group hunting situation has a buck tag or you still have yours like you're obliged to fill that buck tag first mm-hmm. and then otherwise just give us a call uh another texter uh asking i remember Back in the day when they didn't have so many uh, bonus tags, sometimes we you'd only just get your gun tag. If I can, I still get a doe if I just have a gun tag and no antlerless bonus tags. Um, 
No. So the the short answer to that is what I think they're referencing, and there is some zones like that now. So the northern, the forest zone up north is buck only. Okay. So like, you won't get any doe tags. Some of them do. You won't get any free doe tags. Some of them have bonus. Some of the counties have bonus antlerless tags, but I'm sure there are some counties that have none. So there's probably mm-hmm. some counties in some areas of the state that you can literally only shoot a buck in that area. Mm-hmm. Our licenses aren't like either sex. You know, out west sometimes you can get like a uh, either sex, a male, female, you know, a buck, a doe tag, whatever, a yep. cow, a, a bull tag. Um, Wisconsin, it's it's either your buck tag, your gun buck, your archery buck, or it's antlerless. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't have one for that zone or anything like that, you can't like cross them or utilize mm-hmm. them. I think I remember that as a kid. It was like Hunter's Choice or something like that. I think Hunter's call- Choice sounds right. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what it was back. Yeah, in the no day. Hunter's Choice type gimmicks yeah. here. At yep. least now, you know, who knows what it'll be in five, ten years, but right. no Hunter's Choice stuff right now. Yeah, because I think there was, the, I, I remember one year as a kid, might have been my first year actually rifle hunting, it was like, you can either get a buck or a doe, that's, you, we all had just right. one tag, but right. I think it was Hunter's Choice. It was yeah, that sounds like familiar, that, that sounds so. like something, yeah. Yeah, so, but, uh, oh yeah, the earn a buck, somebody just texted, remember earn a buck. Earn a buck, yep. I remember that back. too, wow. Yeah, I was still in middle school during that kind of yep. stuff. Yep, same here. Oh yeah, oh, earn a buck. I forgot about that. Too. Yep, yep. And those, you know, different CDACs have have tried using that as ways to get people to shoot more does and just you know get more CWD, get more deer tested in CWD zones. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems like that hasn't been approved by right. whoever has the you know ultimate decision. It just seems like that hasn't been approved in those areas right. yet. Uh, another question here quick. Uh, is there any restrictions on what type of firearm you can use? Example, could I use a pistol, theoretically? Yes, you could use a pistol. Um, my, I forgot my MiFi thing, so I don't have internet access, so I wasn't mm-hmm. able to pull the rigs up. So otherwise, I would just reference it. Um, but on like, I think it's like page four in the regulations, there's a real good part about ammo, weapons, um, and what's illegal, what's not illegal. But at the end of the day, yes, you can hunt, I assume deer. Mm-hmm. Um, you can hunt deer with a rifle, or excuse me, with a handgun, but it's going to have to fit a few different parameters that it's big enough. The caliber is going to have to be, you know, reasonably big enough to dispatch a deer and stuff like that. Right. Kill the deer. Um, there's no, like, barrel restrictions. There used to be barrel length restrictions on shotguns, rifles, handguns, stuff like that. Those were eliminated a few years ago, um, but there still is some stuff, so... If you go into the regulations, um, either online or go to Fleet Farmer Blaine's, you know, get get one. Just take a look at that. Like I said, it's like page three, four, five, right at the beginning. There's like a general area on what's legal, what's not, and it hits ammo and weapons mm-hmm. and different stuff like that. Uh, I guess to, to kind of wrap, it's already been forty some minutes, dude. Going by fast. I know, here, man. It's Holy fun. moly! Uh, I've saved this one because we actually got a few of these. Sure. And it's the video I texted you, actually. Oh, sure. The, the deer, the buck, yeah. Uh, yeah, the buck in Russ County. I did see a news article that uh, uh, they did take it in for CWD yeah, testing and so that, too. Yeah, so it sounds so. like they got that, they dispatched it. What? Well, if no one knows what dispatch it, kill the animal. It, yep. But dispatched is usually the term we use in law enforcement. You dispatch mm-hmm. the animal. Um, it sounds like, you know, what they said, and, and I will agree with the biologist, I don't know who, who went there, but... You know, it could be CWD, but there's so many different deer diseases. EH, EHD is a big one, but that one, they die usually in a different way. 
But there's a lot of different deer diseases. It could have been, you know, dying internally. It could have been stunned and had a massive concussion from um, getting hit by a car. There's a lot of different things that it could be. It's hard to tell because, you know, mm-hmm. unlike a human, you're not going to bring them to the ER and hook them up and figure out what's, you know, what's working in this deer and what's not. Right. Um, you know, a lot of times with CWD, especially at a stage like that, deer are malnourished and very skinny and they have a hard time growing their antlers because they don't have the nutrients and that deer that was a nice looking that was a deer. Nice deer yeah <laughs> i want to pass that deer up right so like i'm not a professional biologist but just from what i know about how it affects the nutrition of the deer mm-hmm. for that deer to be that big but yet have cwd at that you know at that level like that that's like two years of symptoms of of um kind of the near the end of its life mm-hmm. would be a little unusual not impossible yep. but a little unusual so i think i read too that uh they did find out after they dispatched it i'm gonna use that term now yeah, like uh that. the jaw was broke on oh the other, really so you kind of wonder if it was hit or hit in the maybe, face and it's all messed up yep, or like, got in a fight with another yep, buck or something yep. like that i mean so. you've seen the football players unfortunately lately when they get hit they're just yep you know, or you're just knocked out on the field. You know, is that mm-hmm. is that the equivalent of this of this deer? You know, was right. he just in La La Land? Right, exactly. So, so, I mean, I can't imagine driving and seeing that on the on the side of the road no, because it looked like all. it literally like stopped mid step or something. Well, I like thought that they were going to say so. like it was the our deer decoy or something. Right, <laughs> I, I did like, see somebody say look, uh, uh, yeah. the DNR deer deer decoys are getting a little too fancy. Now. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, no doubt, I'll take one of those any right? day of the week. But man, so yeah, that we got that one a few. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll save that one for. Yeah, for no, it's one, it's a fair so. question, and it's all you know. Just like I think last night when I turned the local news on, it was like that deer. It was the cougar. It was mm-hmm. some DNR PFAS stuff and some other DNR stuff. Um, and it's just like you know, so it's that time of year, and mm-hmm. um, it's interesting to see it. And with us being in the wardens we just know a little bit of everything we have our hands in everything so it's interesting and right we answer a lot of those questions absolutely well jake uh we appreciate uh, your time that went by really fast yeah no doubt uh, i actually had a few other things but we can go save for it, it. No, if you want to well one of the things that we get a lot of questions on and i kind of ran this down yesterday so i was excited to come in here yeah just, absolutely it's just like the thermal you know we get questions on thermal and infrared mm-hmm. and, and different stuff like that and i kind of ran that down so I could have a better answer for people. Um, and what I learned, and this is going to be kind of confusing, so a good thing is if someone's listening and you're really interested in this, you can call me. Mm-hmm. You know, just Google, Google the Eau Claire Warden. Um, but thermal imaging, like if you're strictly using thermal imaging, you can utilize that for hunting. Like 100% of the time, anytime. Thermal is legal because it's not casting a light. Um. So thermal is legal. Now, people kind of inter, interchange thermal with night vision with infrared. Yeah. Like, it all kind of sounds like the same thing, but there's actually significant differences between it. So if you look at it in a couple ways, like thermal, legal. Like, that's legal. Make sure the scope you buy says thermal on it, and it's only thermal. Now, the next one is night vision. Mm-hmm. So night vision can be legal, potentially, or illegal. It's it's illegal when it includes infrared so infrared is actually like a light that is sent out by the scope that we can't see with our human eyes Mm -hmm. um but we could see it utilizing like our night vision you can see that it's casting a light out there so if you buy a night vision scope and it's like with infrared technology 
that is illegal in Wisconsin. Okay. But if you buy a night vision scope that's strictly night vision, like it is just utilizing the ambient light of nature mm-hmm. to make that work, then that is illegal. Okay. Um, so I just there's a lot of questions on it. Yeah. Maybe someone this helps today. Maybe it doesn't. Because I think we did have a couple weeks ago. Uh, yeah, question we, on, we did, on and that. I kind of you know it, it was one like I knew the answer, but it's it's one that needs to be run down a little bit. Um, but at the end of the day, like thermal and night vision are two separate things that can't be used interchangeably. Thermal's legal. Night vision can be as long as it doesn't have infrared technology in it. Mm-hmm. So, just something I thought was curious. Absolutely. Uh, really quick, we got one more yeah. that came in at the at the shot clock here. Uh, Sean from Eau Claire, is it illegal for a non-disabled hunter to shoot at a deer with a gun from a UTV or ATV? So non-disabled, can you shoot from an ATV or UTV? No. So you cannot discharge a firearm on any sort of motor vehicle, you know, snowmobile, ATV, boat, vehicle, whether it's running or not, you mm-hmm. know, parked or not. Um, if you want to be able to discharge from a vehicle, any sort of vehicle, you have to go and get your disabled license in some fashion. And even when you get those disabled licenses, it's not a free-for-all. Mm-hmm. They have to follow specific permit regulations. Um you can utilize the machines to transfer stuff, but you can't. It's got to be unloaded, and then yeah, you have to get off the ATV, uh, you know, load the gun off the ATV, and then you know, hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Fair we got question. yeah, we got a couple more, but uh, all it is is like Jake. Uh, appreciate you always coming on on Thursdays and helping answer everybody's questions. We don't get this anywhere else, so thank you for your time. That was from uh, Kyle, and then uh, Dave said Jake. Always uh, love listening to you on Thursdays. Keep up the good work and be safe out yeah. there. So. No, I appreciate everyone. I enjoy doing this. If I didn't enjoy it, I would have told you years ago, <laughs> like, I'm too busy. You know? right. So I like it. I do think it's a good time to sit and talk and answer questions because, mm-hmm. like, I know if I went to another state or even sometimes in this state, you know, I don't know everything, and I'm the warden. So if I can provide a service to help answer some simple questions or just give you some uh guidance and i'm all about it mm-hmm. so absolutely cool. well we thank you man yeah. and uh be exactly. safe if you yeah. get out there keep me posted how you monday. do so usually monday morning i get monday. a little hunting out so hopefully i can I, harvest something for the freezer i took monday off too so i'm hoping that maybe i spend that day just cutting up just stuff. cutting up meat <laughs> that's all i gotta do right so dude appreciate Thanks, it as always man yeah always everyone enjoy be it. safe out there for sure absolutely that's going to do it for this episode of the Man Cave Podcast, brought to you by High V and Toyson Ford. Big thanks for checking out the this episode of the podcast. And if you haven't already, follow and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. And don't forget to give us a five-star rating and a review so others can find the podcast. Best of luck to anybody that's going out uh, hunting. Make sure you send us some pictures if you have any luck out there. Best of luck, be safe, and we will talk to you on the next episode of the Man Cave Podcast.